everybody, and welcome to another very frigid episode of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. And even though, yes, it is frigid outside, mm. it is warm in here. Indeed. Warm with the Lord's love. I'll sound all cheesy. <laughs> we have a very special program lined up that's going to be an occasion of experiencing that warmth, encounter that warmth of God alive in our relationships. We'll tell you in just a moment. But Steph, I really didn't tell you the inspiration behind this program tonight, and I am going to tell you right Do now. Tell, please. So this past no weekend, we were <laughs> my mom and dad are, at least they will be. I'm giving you a hint of who's going to be joining us soon. Anyways, we are very blessed to have Andrew, Brittany, and Solanus Reinhardt, the little new whole Trinity icons of the Trinity. For supper, it had been a while. Andrew has been on our board. He works for the diocese. And a voracious reader, studier, his short story is uh, he's a man after the heart of God, along with his wife and now a little one, punctuating that pursuit of transformation. He was overweight by over 100 pounds. And in a short period of time, I think a year to two years, he shed 125 pounds. I used to like to say he shredded John Paul because our son John Paul at the time was around that that weight. So it's amazing to think that he set about a goal and we're about to approach enter into uh, Lent. So it's a good occasion to ask, Lord, you provide everything we need to be transformed. And I would submit to you, there's nothing in greater need of transformation than our knowing his love for him, his love for us, number one. Number two, encountering that with our spouse, because if we don't have it with God, we really can't encounter with our spouse. Three, to our family, and then overflowing to our world. And in the context, by the fire, having great conversation, Andrew, who again is a voracious researcher, philosopher, all-around young sage. He's an old soul, as he describes himself. We're describing some uh, leaders whom we greatly respect, who are very studied in the realm of Catholic transformation, if you will. And Andrew said, you know what's missing of, of in general? And he said, the livid gap. Guide. And I said, do tell. And he said, because they, these men and women who are these great commentators are providing a context of great transformation, but the big question remains, how do we live this out? How does it become part of the fabric of our lives? How does it permeate our marriage and our family and our world? And when he asked that question at one of these conferences, the speaker said, well, go to Mass, of course, pray the Rosary, the Novena, the typical things, but it didn't necessarily provide a vision and the fabric of how that looks like. So the answer an answer, I should say, is the Live It Gathering Guide. We've been doing this now for seven, eight years. What is it? It's basically an occasion to gather your family together. Just start there for a meaningful time in your home. Put your flag in the sand, if you will. And we provide a Live It Gathering Guide based upon Sunday readings as a fun, meaningful way to engage, relationally engage at the heart of ritual, at the heart of religion, to meaningfully engage in relationship. What does it mean, Gregory? You can tell me. Okay, because we say live it, we throw it around, it around, hopefully not. Our nonprofit ministry is founded under the name of Image Trinity, and it's the whole um, truth based on JP2's quote, families become who you are, and that is the image of the Trinity, that incredible outpouring of love between the Father and Son, so real that it is the Holy Trinity. And so when we say live it, gathering guide, it's an opportunity um, to image the mm. Trinity and living it out inside of our homes. 
are unsurpassed by the way nature. There's no identity that's more consequential than our very deepest nature, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, pouring themselves out into one another. That mutual love, that mutual exchange that is um, irrevocable. It doesn't change. It's it's what we vow in marriage. You know, we go back to Genesis 1.27. In his image, he made them male and female. Nice theological teaching, right? We nod our heads and maybe are moved by speakers, but to live it, is what Andrew was speaking about is the great challenge. We're given the opportunity to live the fullness of joy, delight uh, that is found in our nature in the Trinity. So we are going to call my parents, Bernie and Judy Schleter, because it's going to be maybe a challenge, but always delightful as they're in their 80s to join us to go through the Live It Gathering Guide based upon this Sunday readings. We encourage you to go to ilovemyfamily.us. And if you scroll down there, you can see your choice of either a group Live It Gathering Guide or a family Live It Gathering Guide. But here we go, entering into tonight's program, a little bit of suspense, a little bit of drama, entering to the Live It Gathering Guide with my wonderful parents, Bernie and Judy Schleter. Good morning. Good morning. How, how you Good doing, morning. Mom? Put on the speaker. Can, are you there? We are there. Can we are here. Okay. okay, here we are. Wonderful. Well, Mom and Dad, we want to welcome you to Ignite Radio Live and your courage. Amen. Your courage <laughs> is astounding. Your courage is astounding for your willingness on the spot to join us in doing this Live It Gathering Guide. And for our audience who are listening, this is why I think it's so good, is it's easy to do. It's so accessible. So as we're guiding you, Mom and Dad, our beautiful parents, um, we have people listening to us right now, and we're guiding them, uh, inviting them to experience greater intimacy with God, greater intimacy with their spouse, greater intimacy with their family, especially as we're approaching Lent. What a great commitment it would be if they committed on a weekly basis. And we're going to tell our audience a little more later about this great thing we have called a power hour. You don't need to worry about that, mom and dad. But for those who are listening, we're going to invite them beginning Lent into a power hour on a weekly basis with superstar speakers throughout this country as an occasion to go deeper in their marriage and family. So just make that note, audience. And uh, so, Mom and Dad, um, you don't even need to have the Live It Gathering Guide in front of you. We're basically going to guide you through the process, but it will be a reflection on this coming Sunday readings with some conversation. And um, before we do that, though, just a little bit of some a little bit of some intro, uh, Mom and Dad. Why don't you just give us the four one one? You are grandparents of over fifty kids. As I ask you the question, I'm already filling in the answers. Let them in. Seven living kids. I think five up in heaven. Uh, Dad, tell us, just briefly, Dad, tell us a little bit about your professional background. My childhood of uh, eight, family of eight children, uh, siblings of seven others, I'm eight. Uh, Catholic education throughout, uh, grade school, high school, and a small Catholic college in Iowa called Bishop Loris in Dubuque, Iowa, and then advanced master's degree in hospital management and hospital administration, which then uh, consumed our marriage and our career because I have been, uh, we have taken positions as chief executive officer and or president of uh, some five different uh, hospitals, uh, basically throughout the Midwest, Peoria, Illinois, Cleveland, Ohio, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. to name a few. And then finally, the last 28 years of that career, 
which we retired from about 12 years ago. Uh, I was a deputy director, <coughs> assistant director to the state of Ohio Department of Health, which brought us to Columbus, Ohio, which is where we now live. Fabulous. And I'll make some editorial comments in a second. Mom, why don't you give us a little bit of your background? I was, excuse me, um, I was raised in Dubuque, Iowa, along with Bernie, two different parts of town. Our families were competitors in the insurance industry. <laughs> um, went to Visitation Academy High School, off to St. Mary's in Rochester, Minnesota, Mayo Clinic, School of Nursing, uh, married Bernie um, in 63. Um was pretty much very definitely an at-home mom. I missed the feminist movement because I was too busy having and raising children <laughs> to even notice. And I am very, very grateful because it kept a focus on, on home and family and support for Bernie. Later on, I went back uh, when our youngest, Rachel, was uh, a junior in high school, 50 years of age. I began my master's degree in pastoral counseling with both Pontifical College, Josephine, and Ashland University. Uh, completed that a number of years ago and continue to delight in how the Lord just keeps moving. He does mm. not rest, he does sleep, but I have learned that he's really speaking to us. Bernie is 81. I just turned 80 on December 8th. Woohoo! And uh, I believe that he's saying to us, bloom where you are planted, and we're seeking to better understand and be responsive to that. Awesome. Well, I love you so much, both of you. Just to hear your voices is very moving to me. You're, you've always been and continue to be Holy Spirit trailblazers, mm -hmm. particularly think of that passage in Luke where Jesus says, I have, came, I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish... It were already ablaze, and I'm challenged by it because this is something the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior, him who is over all, said 2,000 years ago. He came to set the earth on fire and how he wishes it were already ablaze. And I think it's a challenge because the privation of the power of the Holy Spirit alive among us today is not on his part. It's on ours. And you've always formed us to be mindful that we need to respond to the sacramental graces in the life of our church because contained therein, contained in the mass, contained in family, lived out in a robust way is all that we need to see every soul come to know Jesus and live it robustly. So you both gave us a little bit of the professional backgrounds that you have, but I just want to punctuate for any of our audience. My mom founded Bethesda Post-Abortion Healing Ministry, ministering to women and men. Uh, for, who, who have uh, suffered in the trauma of following abortion has been a consequential part of her life. My dad, very consequential in his position under Taft in closing abortion clinics from our earliest years. We were going around the neighborhoods in wagons with literature telling people about abortion, um, writing letters. You forged us, if you will, again, to be Holy Spirit trailblazers. So I just want to note that for our audience. And um, secondly, I guess I want to say, and, and typically with these live at gathering guides, if you go again, folks, I love my family.us. Scroll down. We're going to be following this based upon this coming Sunday. A consequential part of these is forgiveness and apology. And we've often spoken of the grace that's being poured forth from heaven as a Niagara Falls of grace, right? It's, it's very powerful. And the question then is, what stands in the way? Often what stands in the way in homes is unforgiveness. And I'll say, I became, in the last few months, 
once just for our group here, uh, dad, mom, Stephanie, myself, we don't need to all go around and do that. It's kind of of a sensitive personal nature, but to say how important it is for us to make the time if we can on a daily basis to apologize and forgive. So I'm just going to say, as you are now in your 80s, how important it was for me a few weeks ago, months ago to acknowledge among my own children, the challenge of honor in a home. And as I said to all of my siblings, any decisions, shall we say, not in accord with God, any decisions we made for vice were done in spite of you. You were trailblazers in communicating the truth of the kingdom and inviting us to know it. And I think it takes a little bit of responsibility on our part, and even at my age of 54. And I encourage any of you who are listening right now, even you may feel like it's water under the bridge. Well, that was decades ago. No, take the time to tell your parents if you feel like there's an area of repentance to say, in my case, it was an occasion to say, you know, I am sorry for the times that I did not honor you. I'm sorry for the times that as you poured yourselves into us knowing Christ, yes, imperfectly, we're not, you know, uh, canonizing you here, but as parents, you did everything you could for us to know God. And that was a bit of a release in my life, in my heart and mind and soul to recognize that, you know, me, Greg, along with our siblings, you know, to, to apologize and to, if you will, repent for an absence of honor opens up doors of grace, allows that grace to flow, relinquishes the hands of the enemy from our lives. And so that, for my part, I will represent all four of us because we can always and have in our lives had occasions of apology and forgiveness. So with that a bit as a backdrop, um, Stephanie, why don't you, we're going to get right to this Live It Gathering Guide now and follow it pretty much by the letter. And we encourage you folks again to do the same sometime this week. The first step is simply finding the time. We're busy. We had six kids in seven years with all the activities and sports. There's nothing more important than gathering your family together for a meaningful time of talking and praying. And that's what this Live It Gathering Guide does. So, Steph, just as they come to this sheet, they see three simple rules. Why don't you tell us what those rules are? So these are just awesome lifetime rules, I think. Um, the number one, love. Love, love, love. That word is so love misused these days, but um, which basically, again, in this context means just a sense of respect, not interrupting, um, to listen with real interest and care, to be encouraging, you know, mm -hmm. just that eyeball to eyeball, not to be distracted, mm -hmm. um, but to really give the person who is sharing or speaking or reflecting just that respect and love. Can I know, just make a listen. point that that alone is perhaps a tremendous victory? Mm -hmm. You parents know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You're at a kitchen table and everybody wants to be heard. But what a gift, what a power we have in being attentive to the soul of another to really listen and ask, well, what is God moving in their heart and how am I called to love that person as we listen? So go ahead, Steph. Um, and the <clears throat> second is the environment, to prepare your environment. Um, Order binds anxiety. So hopefully you can find a place regardless of your um, home circumstances of, you know, blessed messiness, as some people like to call it. But just carve out a place um, that is that special place to take or put away all phones, all media, iPads, whatever your family has. And so it is not a distraction to create that environment, again, of um, just focus and non-interruption. It's awesome to light a candle, you mm -hmm. know, set something a little different um, 
to declare that space as this sacred mm-hmm. time. Greg loves to say good beverages. You know, if there is a fun snack or something. Dad, um, you can have a martini. It's a little early, <laughs> but we give you permission to have a martini. Um, but just, you know, again, to make that environment special, but to declare it. But we would say that the most important thing is to remove all distractions and um, to make it in a, in a peaceful setting. And then the third is um, to make it your own. You know, this is meant to be a guide. You don't have to do step by step by step, you know, miss or cross every T and dot every I as it is laid out. It's great to somewhat do that initially to get used to it. The uh, daily questions, which we'll talk about, you know, doing them in the car together Mm -hmm. over the dinner table or so whatever it takes um, for you to be faithful to doing it, to uh, be open to the grace that the Lord wants to bestow through it. And oh, by the way, it doesn't need to be with a family with just littles or even teenagers. It works with everybody, even just a couple. Joseph said, Dad, Abby and I, his girlfriend, who are very serious, obviously, of what dating is all about and obviously considering marriage, said how this is blessing him and Abby how they are enjoying doing this, just the two of them. So whatever your circumstances are, this is a blessing. So with that said, we are going to now dive into the first part of this and include mom and dad. Thank you for your patience. Um, we're going to do begin with what are called live it fun questions. They're good icebreaker questions. And so I'm going to ask you, mom, first, pick a number between 1 and 50. Uh, seven. A seven. Mom, the number seven question is, if you could eat one food for an entire week and be fully nourished, it would be? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, cantaloupe and cheese. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> that's, that's a so departure fun. from the early Godiva chocolate days. Yeah, it is a big departure. Life changes things. Mm. That's so true. I love it. dad now? So let's, yeah, let's stick with that question. By the way, folks, there are 50 questions here. Again, I love my family.us, the guide. There are 50 questions. You can do it anyway. You could say everybody pick a number and it can be unique to them. But right now, we'll all stick with that one question and do what we'll call lightning round, just quick 10 second answers. So, Dad, if you could eat one food for an entire week, it would be. How come I get number seven along with mom? I thought I'd get a different. Number. All right, Dad, we're, we're going to let you pick <laughs> you your pick own number. One. Go ahead. We're flexible. So what am I doing? Taking a number? Pick one a number 50. between 1 and number 50. Three. Go ahead, number Steph. Three. Okay. Your favorite movie is? My favorite movie is uh, The Sound of Music. Da-da-da-dun-dun. You can just sing it. That's the wrong movie, honey. There you no, are. it isn't. 76 trombones, and I went quickly yes, music because man. I've always loved all music, but I do love marching band college type marching band mm. music. hey dad i'm betraying i'm sorry music man right i was yes i was just going to make that correction music man so that's very funny because i am making fun potentially of memory here and i am the the greatest culprit you said sound of music but my brain knowing you well right only heard the sound of uh music, music. man so anyways that's that's wonderful. Steph, do you want to pick a number? Uh, sure. You pick one for me. Okay, I'm going to go with 17. I don't know why. Ooh, I described your <laughs> ideal spouse. You can just say... Greg Schleter. Let's pick a different one. Let's go... Um, this is a tough one, Steph. Well, you can't look at it. And then well, I mean, it. I happen to see it right after. Number 21 is, what is something you've worried about? Um... Well, I think mom and dad can relate to this one. My answer is we're... 
uh, parenting adult children, just that whole sense of parenting adult children in a good, holy, right way. Beautiful. Pick a number for me. Um, 29. 29. Okay, 29. If you got in trouble for something, (laughs) what would friends and family assume you had done? Uh, Honestly, tell me if I'm wrong, dad or mom, but if I got in trouble for something, in other words, if you got a call and heard I was in jail, the first thoughts that would come to mind, I think I can honestly say would probably be of a virtuous nature, that I stood up for the unborn or something, and as a result, paid the penalty. But in the early days... It might have been, I'm sorry to say, our audience knows me well enough. We lived in Wisconsin, and the debauchery corresponded to the place we lived. And I perhaps used produce, eggs in particular, in a manner that for which they were not intended. So that would be my answer. Sorry, Mom and Dad. I've repented of that long since. So, I folks, know, know. So folks, those... Yes, Dad. You caught me cold, and I hadn't thought about it, but my rationale for that, and I realized why I enjoyed it, is... It had lots of lessons in there for leadership. Certainly had a way about engaging people, getting them enthused about where and what and who. He would have been a good evangelist. And I've always felt like I've been leading a band, whether it's my children (laughs) or the people at the Department of Health or the hospital or wherever it may be. Okay, now... Indeed, you could pick the prominent themes that you find of leadership in the movie, but change the lyrics to the song, Pick a Little, Talk a Little. By the way, Harold Hill, I cheated, I looked it up online. Harold Hill is the the music man himself. He very uh, interestingly engaged people before he uh, entered into the rationale behind why he was... Mm where he was and doing what he was doing. And incidentally, the movie took place in a town in Iowa, which is where Judy and I grew up in Iowa. And uh, he did put forth a lot of vision for that community. And in turn, with that music, not unlike unlike the Catholic Christian faith, to, uh, to grasp it and to honor it and to make it happen. So I'm noticing that the production first came out on Broadway in 1957. <clears throat> doesn't say the movie. I'm sure if I look through here further. 62. 62, I see the film. Yeah. But, Dad, in addition to your really insightful, uh, and I love that about both of you, is that art, music, entertainment are occasions to uh, understand our nature in God. They're occasions to talk about and reflect upon. They're not simply I sit back mindlessly. And our kids, I think, inherited that also, whatever the movie may be. But in this movie, Dad, I also point out that he started out, Harold Hill, the music man, started out as a con man. Like he was a con man who didn't know squat really about music, but he had leadership and, you know, kind of put togetherness. He had a glue that united them in love trans transformed him. Love and relationship, which kind of harkens to steps in my theme. Also, we were talking about our own relationship, tracing it as we came back from Hillsdale last night. Our our son and daughter are there, and there's an awesome four-night series on the Inklings. I digress. But as we came back from Hillsdale, we were kind of recounting the moments in our history and I wasn't a con man, but just describing how... Yeah, what are you saying? <clears throat> well, how when our relationship, when we decided to date, and we knew what that was all about, it was definitely an occasion of ever-deepening transformation that I distinctly remember. Mm-hmm. And the music man punctuates that. Awesome. 
All right, so folks, you're listening to Ignite Real Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. We're very blessed to have my beloved parents, Bernie and Judy Schleter. And what we're doing is just giving you a taste of this Live It Gathering Guide. You can find it again at ilovemyfamily.us, an occasion on a weekly basis to go deeper in relationship. And I kind of take this theme from Pope Benedict's book, The Jesus of Nazareth Trilogy, so three books, that relationship is the heart of ritual. You just heard us talk about the music, man. It was a simple, fun question, and we had some insight. My dad shared some ideas. My mom did also, and uh, we let it flow, so let it flow. So that those were livid, fun questions it begins with. Then we move to what are called daily questions. There's five daily questions, and we're going to do that now. By the way, I'm going to tell you what each of the questions are, and then we're going to go around and get answers for those, because again, it opens us up to the depths of our souls if we choose to, uh, to encounter God alive in our relationship. So number one, one, something you're grateful for. Number two, a recent victory. Number three, a current challenge. Number four, an affirmation of someone. Number five, something meaningful happening right now in your life. So we're not going to probably do all of these, but just right now with my parents here, I'm going to ask you, mom and dad, and we will share ours. What is something at this moment you're particularly grateful for? I'm grateful that in our, first of all, I'm very grateful for a solid Catholic education. Mm. Um, it, it gave us vision at a time when movies were becoming popular. The Dominican sisters of my grade school were asking us what saints, Maria Goretti, which touched my sense of chastity, the saints of our of those days, the saints that, so that, that's a very important thing. But I think the other part um, that I'm most grateful for, when Bernie talks, he brings with him a great love for the arts, for music, mm. for literature. And and I look back and I think it transferred into my world, which was more medically, pathway counseling oriented and youth ministry for sure. It's plugging in what was available because it was the world was changing very quickly when you children were in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a bar in every corner in Wisconsin Pot became a big thing. I think the sexual liberation certainly had begun long before. So I kept looking at alternatives. How do we break into some of the very things that are happening today? So so what touched me is what do we have available to us? We have available to us some amazing movies that we sit down and watch with our kids and talk about them afterwards. And I remember when we lived in Brecksville, uh, Greg, you may have been at Miami by that time, but the younger bunch would have, we'd have kids over almost every Friday night, watch a movie, and then talk about Pick It Apart. And things like The Scarlet and the Black, mm-hmm. things like uh, Les Mis, things like, um, I mean, we could list all kinds and, and turn off the movie and just say, okay, what do you think about this? And I can remember some of the kids say, oh, no, not them. They don't think that way. Great conversations began around pizza uh, at our house. And you've done the same thing at your house. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for the time, for the access to be able to be an at-home mom, that I could just put things together, kids could show up and there. I know you're doing the same thing in your own beautiful way in the ministry that God has called you to of all generations. But sometimes I think parents forget. Now, we're grandparents looking back and we praise and thank God for all of you, our children. But we are very, very grateful for the 50, soon to be 54, grandchildren with, will be soon four great-grandchildren in there, and I, I think that those conversations go on. 
Mm-hmm. They go on around us. What does this newspaper article say to you? What did you hear on the radio that struck you? I mean, just things like some of the conversations are secular conversations, but they have a direct impact on how we turn to God and say, Lord, you are my God. What are you asking me today? Mm. And John Paul, we had a conversation over New Year's, and I said, okay, so you're at Hillsdale. You're getting this great conservative, um, natural law, constitutionally rich education. You're going to walk out those doors in another couple of years. What's that going to be like? And he said, you know, Grandma, I've been thinking about that a lot. And he said, we've been very well formed. The day will come we graduate, and we're already in many ways being prepared for how we walk into this world, which is foreign. We're aware of it, but we've been very, we've been, we've been, we've been in a, in a, in a halo. We've been in a bubble kind of like to learn all these things and how to respond. We're already talking about how do we make an impact when we walk out these doors. Mm. That's what we as parents have to do. When our kids are really little, we have grandkids in the car and I'll say, so what do you think about conversations in classes, two, three of them in our public school about transgender? And I ask them, what are they thinking about that? And what do they say about that? And what do they know to be true about that? Every single moment is a teachable moment. So I am grateful that God has made me aware that our role as parents and grandparents and friends and relatives never ends. And, I, and for the graces to be able to wake up and say, this is for now. And it does make a difference if we can speak and have conversations with them. So I've taken too much time. No, that's amazing. So, so good, Mom. Thank so, you. So good. I want, and I want to say, like, so num- before we go to you, Dad, I'm the host. I can do this. The number four question is an affirmation of someone. And, Mom, you just typified for us and all who are listening, a tremendous gift that God gives us all, and it's what? It's to have the audacity to change the atmosphere. I'll say that again. To have the audacity to change the atmosphere. And what do I mean by that? You gave so many examples just now. If you're in the car, it can be more than just I'm listening to the radio and mindlessly talking about the events of the day, or I'm just being entertained by this movie or this book or this article. Have the audacity to ask the deeper question, what do you think about two daddies or two mommies what do you think about covid what do you think about the vaccine situation what do you think about constitution and and you know the current uh adjudication of free could be free speech could be roe v wade whatever the case may be to have the audacity to open the door and ask meaningful questions you've imparted upon us and i think it's so easy to do and generally the deeper we go the greater the glue, the greater the, the the connection that we have with others who are participating, which, again, we're doing that live right now. So thank you. Dad, something you're grateful for. Oh, Greg, I'm, I am grateful for the entire experience of my childhood and family and, and, and uh, bar none uh, within the context of neighborhood Catholic Church, Catholic education uh, throughout until I met, not until, but before meeting my wife, Judy, uh, which didn't change any. It added to what had already been my experience. So um, my growth, growing up experience, uh, I'm eight of 11 children, actually. Three of them died one way or the other, childbirth, childhood early childhood that we had twins that died shortly after birth but um, in in that context the whole fiber of my family growing up and siblings 
was all together all the time and we had thoroughly enjoyed interacting our religious faith and, and our practice I don't like that word practice our um, participation with all that went on in our Catholic faith uh, our parish being three four blocks from our home mm. combining that with our love of sports our love of the arts our love of um, politics really and our spiritual education and continuation of living our faith all of this prior to the end of college when I met Judy my wife and then uh, so that her presence and our togetherness became the high point of my life and remains so that's oh. fabulous, Dad. Very uh, moving. Steph, what's something you're grateful for? Um, so much, right? But the first thing that came to mind was just a dear friend who's been um, struggling with sickness. Um, she's older and, uh, yeah, so started with COVID, but definitely went into um, many other health issues and just that she is on the other side of it. And evidently the power of prayer so grateful that she is well grateful of the the unifying power and privilege really of coming before the lord um whatever his will was um but yeah just rejoicing in that this um this day so my gratitude is for those in life who are pursuing truth and willing to communicate it. So along the lines of you, Mom, and you, Dad, also. In particular, I'm going to say Brad Berzer. Yesterday mm -hmm. at Hillsdale, the first talk of many these next four days in this conference for the student body on the Inklings, Brad Berzer is a world-renowned Tolkien scholar, and he gave the first talk about how the friendship between Tolkien and Lewis, right? Tolkien behind the Lord of the Rings uh, and Lewis behind, of course, the Chronicles of Narnia, how those were really emerged out of a, a context of friendship, of gathering and of sharing their manuscripts and being honest. The attributes of friendship. So I'm grateful um, for their testimony of Tolkien and Lewis and Berzer and other scholars who make that accessible to us, those values. We talked about this in our program last week, just how in this new era, how important it is for us to rediscover what I'm calling missioned friendship. Friendships that we gather with people where we share a common mission. So folks, you're tuned into Ignite Radio Live. I am we are blessed Stephanie and I to be with my dad and mom Bernie and Judy Schleter, and we are simply opening the door and experiencing God's grace being outpoured in meaningful conversation using this live it gathering guide. Again, you can find it at ilovemyfamily.us. It's You scroll down, you see the, the link, whether you gather as a group or as a family. And we're going through the one-page gathering guide. Um, so we've already done the rules that Stephanie set up. We did the fun questions. We had a taste of the daily questions just now. There are five daily questions. We just did the very first. quick interruption. Please. Mom is very anxious to add something. Yes. Lay it on us, Mom. You have privilege, mother of privilege. I have to do it now because you're going to be changing the subject. You are right and good in doing this. Go ahead. Thank you. God has blessed each of our children. <clears throat> I'm thinking especially of the ministry God has called you to, but how it's being absorbed by the people around, and they're mm. changing them. Mm. Um, 
I don't want to pull forth names, but there is some who've had little egos about them, and they kind of like the sports. They kind of like, but but then they get together with all of you. The power of the dynamics within these cousins who are each other's best friends makes a difference. So pulling families together, keeping them together, keeping the example of just their lived lives and the things that they share and being exposed to them is probably the most powerful dynamic for which I'm forever grateful. And friends my age who don't have that experience mm. just shake their heads and say, how did it happen? Mm. Or as you said, Greg, don't be afraid to ask the hard questions in the midst of these kids and let them struggle with the questions mm. together and talk about them and disagree with each other, but come to the conclusion that ultimately there's a mighty God and He is God. And, and he gave us a natural law. He gave us a divine law. We don't have to go any farther for the answer. Amen, Amen Mom. And so thank you for that. Thank By you. the way, folks, with this Live It Gathering Guide, this is what happens. We are successful if the generations entrusted to us do the same with the generations entrusted to them. So looking at the time, we're going to keep moving here. If you're with us, folks, at the ilovemyfamily.us, if you've downloaded the Live It Gathering Guide, um, we are now at the family prayer part. As I indicated, we will typically do the apologies with our family at the front end. And if you want to, even as you get into Lent, there's an examination of conscience that can be very, very helpful. But um, then it begins with an opening prayer. If you're accustomed to a prayer from the heart, just do it. Just talk to God in an ordinary way. Ask for his grace to be outpoured. But we have a prayer here for those of you who aren't necessarily comfortable yet with doing that. And I'm going to have Steph just lead us in this family prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for the wonderful gift of our family. Help us to know that you are truly present with us here and now, listening to us, desiring us to more fully discover you in our love for one another. Teach us of kindness, patience, mercy, and forgiveness. Help us now to really open our hearts to experience you. We recommit ourselves to becoming who we were made to be, individually and as a family. Thank you for creating our family in your image and giving us the mission of making your love known to the world. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. So now we're going to get on with sort of the speak the meat of it, not that it wasn't meat before because your willingness brought a lot of uh, nourishment to us already. But we're going to go to the readings. By the way, before that, we do a weekly video. We've got an awesome crew of four star families who are each kicking out a short two minute uh, video, fun video that showcases the upcoming Sunday readings in a meaningful way. And you could find that on this very page if you um, lo uh, zoomed down a little bit scroll down but we're going to skip that part and we're going to go to the readings so again these would be the okay. readings i'm just going to interject something quickly just that video especially if you have younger kids is delightful for them and is really meaningful and um uh i think powerful in them remembering things we our kids were the ones who originally did it at least seven eight years ago starting and people would come up to them <laughs> even years later speaking of these certain videos and as greg said blessed with some new batches of families shout out to the elmores hunter brinkers 
Erickson's and McDonough's who just finished their six month season. Um, so you can find the, all of those at ilovemyfamily.us and get ready for four new families coming up in these next few months. Absolutely. So folks, we are now going to attend to this coming Sunday readings and I will make a note. Simply gathering together and proclaiming the word of God, the first, second, and gospel. And I would say again, if you only have time for one, go for the gospel. And I think we may even just do that now, looking at our time, is very, very meaningful because the kids, when they're in Mass on Sunday, it, it, there's a resonance there. They remember having heard it. They remember, uh, hopefully, having talked about it. And not so, just kids, but adults, too. Absolutely. So um, let's go to the gospel for this coming Sunday. Mom and Dad, by chance, do you have that gospel up in front of you in some form? We do. So, Dad, why don't you proclaim the as the elder patriarch of this group of four, it's Luke 5, 1 to 11. Would you mind proclaiming this coming Sunday's gospel for us? When or while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the, to the word of God... He, Jesus, was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked, were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he went down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep, lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night. We have caught nothing. But at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came. They filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at his knees, at the knees of Jesus. And he said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. End the quote. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him, and all those with him, and likewise, James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon, Jesus said to Simon, quote, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. Close quote. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. Dad, uh, there's the music man. We should call you the gospel man or the proclaiming man. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a musical created about you and your love Pro- of proclaiming the word of God. Thank you. I am blessed with that. Um, so, folks, typically before the gospel or a reading is proclaimed, if you scroll down a little bit here at ilovemyfamily.us, again, the Live It Gathering Guide, there are three, two questions and a go-around question. We front-load it so that we are listening attentively with these questions in mind. What struck you in this reading, challenged you, inspired you, 
what questions did it raise? So uh, it allows us to kind of listen with to, with answers to those questions or conversation with those questions in mind. So now I'm going to ask you, Stephanie, mom, dad, as, as you listen to this reading, as you have it in front of you, what struck you, challenged you, inspired you? What questions did it raise? So I'll just jump in first, <clears throat> if that's okay. Um, there's This reading is so beautiful and so rich, of course, but the one thing that really stood out to me this time around um, was the overabundance of the fish, right? So that our God is a God of mm. not just abundance, but almost overabundance, right? So, you know, the gospel tells us that the they had two boat boatfuls Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that a word um almost to the point of sinking and like you know going from nothing to listening to what the lord asked to being overflowing with the response the the gift and then what do they what do they do they leave all the fish like i think gosh they could have made so much money (laughs) right like you know or like I don't know, went and done something else, even just proclaiming that. But they gave up, if you will, quote unquote, all of that and went for even more abundance by following Christ. Mm. So that's kind of what the Lord spoke to me in listening to that incredible proclamation by dad. But just we can the Lord is never outdone in generosity. Right. And Mm. when we see with the eyes of faith and see through the lens of eternity, you know, where is that treasure? It certainly wasn't in the fish. It was in the one who provided the fish. And that was where the greater abundance um, was found by them. Professors Bernie and Judy, what do you have to add? I I will uh, offer very briefly because Judy will have more to say about this. My thought that just came to mind is that this could be regarded as a happening of expectations in Mm. relationship to outcomes Mm. the expectations that the fishermen had to catch fish in the outcome that it did not uh, achieve what they were expecting take that then a step further and that is that to me spiritually to be preached if you will shows and displays the need for grace, which I will define as the life of Jesus, the life and thinking of Jesus. So the expectation not met by the outcome shows the need of grace to be received for the trust and acceptance of what happened and to move on in faith. Fabulous. Here's Grandma, our mom, or our wife, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> so what came to my mind was um, the message, they're all lumped into one little piece. It's That message is speaking to me, saying, put out into the deep, no matter what our age is, um, lower our nets, and go on for the catch. And what is the catch? And the question comes up, how and why? The how is through Jesus Christ, who is at work in this movement of filling the nets, but really wanting to capture and send his sons out into the world. But, and why? And why? Because it matters. Mm. What you're doing in this program, what you're doing in the ministry matters. But the people listening, making decisions about what to do, why are we doing it? Because it matters. 
And that isn't uniquely mine. Father Mike Schmidt had uh, a very brief reflection on Roe versus Wade mm. last week. Mm-hmm. He touched about his life with his mother and his grandmother. And I won't go into the details, but the beauty of it was a huge action was made uh, on the part of someone in his family that left behind money and prestige and whatever. And when asked the question, and I think it's a beautiful question for each of us, why do we lower our nets? Why do we listen to Jesus? Why do we make a choice that is uncomfortable and perhaps untimely in our lives? Because it matters. Mm-hmm. And that's what came to me as I was reading. That's awesome. Beautiful. So, folks, really, that's the way this plays out is of the two readings in the gospel. Typically, you'll just pick the gospel as the most consequential of the three. And that conversation alone, what struck you, challenged you, inspired you, what questions did it raise, can foster a rather robust conversation among even two people. And I'd encourage you, even with that, there are so many sources online through Formed App and others to go deeper exegesis. You know, what did particular words mean? What was the context? How do we understand this more deeply? Well, that's all on you based upon uh, if you have little ones or, you know, if you will, teenagers who maybe have an appetite. Um, for going a little deeper. Then there's the second question. And with the second question um, following each reading, we typically like to pull one key idea and invite us to comment on it, if you will, or to be challenged by it. So in this case, based upon the reading, we ask, how has Jesus astonished you? What difference has it made? So again, drawing from the gospel, the would-be apostles were astonished. And the assumption is that following the astonishment, they had the right reaction. What, what does that mean? They brought their boats ashore and they left everything and followed him. If we've truly been astonished by the presence of Christ, his miraculous presence in our lives, it ought to cause us, in a sense, to do the same. And by leave everything, it doesn't mean necessarily, literally leaving everything, but it does mean to say, everything I own, Lord, is yours. Before now, my money, my resources, my time, everything, I may be controlled with white knuckles, but having been astonished by the love of God that he exists and he calls me to this relationship with him through all eternity, how can I not but recognize everything and be a steward of that which you've given me? So with that setting again, if any of you want to begin, how has Jesus, maybe a specific example, astonished you? I I would suggest that not knowing when and where it all began, is that early on the G- that the Lord gave the grace for me to encounter Jesus. And I believe each of, one of us have either had an encounter, a real personal encounter with Jesus, mm. or he is wanting to invite us into that encounter. And as we, as we respond with a yes, to whether that means a retreat, a workshop, reading, doing the, the, the materials that, that are being offered today, that we long, we have a thirst as... Um, mm. John Jacques Philippe talked about a thirst for prayer, a thirst for encounter with living Christ. To me, that's the beginning. Mm, beautiful. Dad, how has God, how has Jesus astonished you? One distinct example, besides giving you your wife and your amazing right. second oldest child. I know that's a little bit hard to speak of mm. in few words, but how has God astonished you? The first is astonished that I, and it's kind of a uh, also a uh, gratitude for the family I grew up with and the wife that I married. And then the second astonishment, quite honestly, is, and I think this has 
relevance to your hearing office, to your listening office, I should say. Uh, Judy and I, in fact, have distinctly different growth, growing up experiences. I won't go into it, but her growing up experience was just her family and the whole situation, very good in every respect and Catholic, but just 100% different from what my experience was of growing up. And to blend and recognize and put the two together throughout our almost 66 years of marriage has it it continues to astonish that that we're, we're going to live longer because we haven't worked out as well as we would like to the differences that have propelled us mm. to love each other and to stay together and to be the parents that we believe we have become for our children. Mm. So overall, the astonishment, if you will, it's an interesting word that we're using, the astonishment is that here we are and more to come. Amen. Dad, I love your candor, your... Uh, um transparency and openness to the fact that, as you say, almost 60 years of marriage, prolific blessings in children and grandchildren, not without challenges. Let's punctuate that. Every sort of challenge has faced us all. And by God's grace, I want to say, for the most part, the compass you've given us for everybody uh, is owned that kids and grandkids are definitely pursuing Christ in the fullness. But with all of that said, the journey continues even among our patriarch and matriarch. So we're going to now, in a very punctual way, we don't have time to go around, but in the last part of the question, there's a we call it a go-around question, and I'm simply going to have Stephanie do this to each of you um, to give an example of it. And I know, Mom, you're going to have to refrain because you want to be so affirming. You're going <laughs> to jump in on this, but you're not allowed to. So I'm the host. You host your own program. All right, so going around, affirm a prominent way you've encountered Jesus through each person. In ordinary circumstances, imagine this, families, you go around and you would hear such tremendous affirmation of yourself that you give to family members and what a blessing that is. In the current instance, I'm simply going to ask Stephanie to share that for you, Dad, and for you, Mom, a prominent way she's encountered Jesus through each of you. So, unfortunately, we are limited in time because I could go on and on. But um, to name one for you, Mom, the first one that came to mind, which is where I usually like to stick with um, a prominent way that I've personally encountered Jesus through you is just your personal love for me mm-hmm. and for each individual child, grandchild. So true. Um and that is the love of our Lord, right? It's a personalized love. So thank you for that. And um, and Dad, a prominent way that I've encountered Jesus through you is your delight in, and sharing in an insight um, that the Lord has put on your heart or that you're discovering as you're reading something, whether it's the Wall Street Journal or the Magnificat or um, a piece of art or some story in a book. And just that integration um, into mm. life, so which 
completely brings the Lord to light. So thank you for that. Fabulous. Now we're coming in for a landing here and we typically conclude then with two things. One is we call commitments. So it simply says family members are encouraged to identify one manageable area you're committed to growing in the next week. And it's okay to stick with the same area, by the way, over time. Now, I just want to say to those of you who are listening, what is the blessing of this? Number one, it brings that inner growth with God into the community where God desires to nurture it, support it, encourage it, and I dare say hold us accountable. When we state a commitment, a significant commitment, um, you know, you don't want to keep saying the same thing week after week after week. Secondly, it impels the other family members or spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend to pray for us with that, to be mindful that we're aware of that. So there's some fundamental benefits here to create, again, uh, that family and gathering like this can be a saint-making machine, right? It can be a context of actually becoming more excellent, more holy, as Matthew Kelly says, the best versions of ourselves. So I'm going to ask us now, right now we're going to do this, literally in 10 seconds you get each to, to name one identifiable commitment that you are going to make in the next week. And I'm going to say the significance of being immersed in the heart of the psalmists. I had this in seminary, praying the divine office. I am going to commit this next week, and you can challenge me next week, to do morning prayer and evening prayer consistently throughout this week. Steph. Um, I'm going to stick with the word astonishment mm-hmm. and um, commit to uh, being more mindful of God's work in front of me that sometimes I take for granted or ignore, but praying for the grace to be astonished by him. Fabulous. Dad, what is a commitment for you this week? Being more peaceful and thoughtful in recollecting the many different things that occur to me that I need to pursue this week and get done this week. But most importantly, and the commitment is, to do that in the spirit of what we're talking about right here, in the spirit of grace. Grace received and grace implemented, okay? Fabulous. Mom? Um, I commit again this week to let go and let God, and to trust that, um, that he is going to give me the grace to just trust him and to surrender all things to him in joy. Fabulous. Dad, if you'd please close us in a prayer. O most holy Lord God Almighty, you who are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, blessed are you, Holy Trinity, and undivided unity. O God, please stay with us. Come to our assistance. Make help. Make haste to help us. Lord, we thank you for the blessings and the grace you have given to us and to our family and to the ministry that Greg and Stephanie have engaged in Toledo. We pray for your continue and their acceptance of guidance and direction upon their uh, multiple gifts that you've given them to be used for the greater uh, glory of your kingdom. And then I pray that all married couples, Mm. young, middle-aged, and old, realize that they are 
uh, under the protection of the Lord God, but they also need to be open daily, moment to moment, to their relationship with the Christian perspectives of life Mm. and living. God bless us. Everyone. Amen. 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 The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Folks, just a few commercials as we land this. So blessed that you're with us on this night. Uh, Tuesday is at 8 p.m. Encore is Saturday at 2 p.m. You can find past, very moving, impactful episodes at IgniteRadioLive.com. It's IgniteRadioLive.com. We are initiating five consecutive months, our series of belief and beverages at GMC of Perrysburg. So blessed at the Cronin Auto Family. Rich and Connie are hosting this again going into this new year. We have five phenomenal presenters over those five months, priests, I should say clergy, who are each going to be bringing impactful themes, typically corresponding to impactful books. So our first is going to be Father Eric Schild on February 17th. And again, registration needs to happen. There's a limit of 100 people, but it's free. Check us out. Check that out at massimpact.us forward slash b. NB massimpact.us forward slash BNB and stay tuned for our launch of what we're calling the Power Hour coming in Lent. Fabulous seven week journey with amazing presenters and that'll be a registration thing ideally with your herd, if you will with your tribe, with your crew, uh, married couples that you're connected with, you can do it in your home, they can do it separately from their kitchen or whatever the case may be but a great opportunity to grow the way we've been growing tonight and to receive that grace. Thank you so much for being with us. Stay warm and it'll happen if we stay close to him who is warmth itself. God bless you until next time. Hey.